might be seated. And again, guys, thank you last week for uh, having let me have a day off. And you guys sound great singing in the microphone <laughs> on my birthday. I was I turned 26 last week. <laughs> what you laughing at? Thank you. Anyway, but this week I get to take off again because Miss Dean Brooks, come on up, ma'am. We've been in a series called Elementary Heroes, and she has a, a, a message only she can preach because I can't. Especially the message title. Okay. Um, and I'm glad she's doing it because she's giving me another day off to enjoy. <laughs> Amen? But we're really thankful for her. And um, you know, she does our uh, prayer, and she also does our education department here. So open your hearts to what God has to say. And I'm think, I know you're going to hear something that the Lord's going to speak specifically to each and every one of us. And we thank you today. Ready? Ready. Okay. I'm going. I, I like the fact that... Um, I'm here talking about an ordinary prostitute on family day. I kind of feel a little bit of challenged by that, but I'm going to try to keep it at least PG. How about that? <laughs> we are talking in a series on ordinary heroes. And today we're talking about an unlikely heroine and her name is Rahab. She is a prostitute. And when you read about her in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, it says that she was Rahab prostitute in the roll call of faith. When you look at Abraham, Abraham wasn't listed as Abraham the liar, even though he lied. Was not listed as Moses the murderer, even though he was a murderer. You know that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, you missed a good place to say amen. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of these ordinary heroes or people who came out of circumstances that were challenging, that we call sin, and they did extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. I want to read you a scripture. It's not on the, the, the board. I didn't give. Sorry, Josh. Uh, it is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. It says this, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things that are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no flesh will glory in his presence. Let's pray. Father, we just give you glory for this Sunday morning. We ask you, Lord God, just to speak your word to us and through us, Lord God. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Heal hearts, deliver, save, set free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There were three primary uh, people instrumental in the children of Israel going into the promised land. There was Moses who brought them out of bondage. There was uh, Joshua who would take them into the promised land. And then there was a prostitute whose name was Rahab who acted as an intermediary. When we look at Moses, we know that he had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and bondage and was leading them through the wilderness for, for 40 years. They mumbled and they complained and they grumbled and they insulted God the whole way through. When the Israelites came to Canaan, 
they came to the area through which they would pass to get into the promised land. And God said, Moses, I want you to send 12 spies into the land of Canaan, send them into the promised land because I want to see, I want you to see what you're up against, what's over in the promised land that's there for you. They sent the 12 spies in. Remember we said they grumbled and complained all the way through. When the report came back, everybody said, oh, yes, wonderful in the promised land. It's it's land flowing with milk and honey. The the grapes were so huge that they had to carry it on a pole between two men. It was so abundant in that land of promise. But 10 of the spies said, not surprisingly, the same group that grumbled, but they're giants in the land. And we're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. You know it's hard to work with difficult people. (laughs) I'm not going to look at you, Tiffany. It is hard to work with a people and all they know is a grumble or complain. Here you are, you're pressing into the things of God. You want everything to be about God. You want to succeed. You want to do well in what you're facing. And it's as if you're pulling people along, trying to get them to cooperate with the thing that God has said to do and that you've set your heart to do. I see y'all doing this. Can I hear amen? Amen. Amen. There were two of the spies, however, who said, yeah, there are giants in the land, but if the Lord delights in us, he's going to give us the land. These two operated out of faith. Those 10 spies who had seen God allow 10 plagues to to, uh, attack in Egypt. 10 plagues. They had seen God allow the plague to affect the Egyptians, but not them in the land of Goshen. These same people who are saying we're scared. These same people had been ones who had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. These were the same people who had been fed with manna and with quail, who who the Lord himself guided them with a pillar of fire, and yet they complained. I know that sometimes I can be a little annoyed when things don't go my way. I know I'm the only one like that because y'all ain't say nothing, but that's okay. That's okay. I can be a little annoyed sometimes, and uh, and I get a little... (laughs) Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> okie dokie. <laughs> but in my heart, my heart is for the things of God. My heart is to get past the challenges in relationships, in, in strategies, in all of that. My heart is to see what God wants. Sometimes we have to deal with difficult people. People like me who like, oh, I don't want to get, I'm tired, I'm, I'm not getting up today. But you have an assignment to do. Oh, tell somebody else to do it. If you have a heart toward God, all of that you have to adjust to. Do you know what? This is kingdom work. This is not about us. This is advancing the kingdom of God. And unless we decide in our hearts that we're going to press in all the way, then we're going to miss what God has for us. Fast forward, Moses is 120 years old. God has brought the Israelites up into the region of the Jordan, and he allows 
Moses to look over into the promised land, but he will not allow him to go in. And I wonder if it was because of that New Testament thing, he didn't want old wine in a new wineskin. Here we have Moses who, who had received the law and Moses who had to deal with grumbling people and Moses, did God want that in the promised land? That was one thing that, that it's hard to work with people, but it is not impossible. God did not let him go in. Moses died and God himself buried him in a place that only God himself knows. Let's look at the first chapter of Joshua, verse 1 and 2. Can y'all put that up for me? The scripture says from the New Living Translation, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. One of Joshua's first acts as a new leader was to send spies across the Jordan River, especially to the city of Jericho. Uh, he didn't send 12 spies. <laughs> Maybe he had learned, he himself having been one of those spies who went for Moses. Maybe he had learned a little lesson you, you can't trust everybody. Everybody does not walk in faith. You, you have to decide who you are going to have in your life who are going to encourage you and build you up and strengthen you and, and not judge you. You need people for your life. God promises to do that. People you can trust, people you love, people who respect you and will honor you. Joshua said, we're not having that one again. And so he only sent two spies into the land. I think his own experience, and experience taught him well. Joshua 2, verse 1, we're going to move to that verse. It says, Joshua then secretly sent out two spies from the Israelites' camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed the night there. These two Israeli spies had to swim or wade across the Jordan and secretly enter into the city of Jericho. And the first person that they met in their promised land was a prostitute named Rahab. Why, why did they go to the prostitute's house? It's not what you're thinking. Did they even know it was the prostitute's house. You know what? God is the most amazing strategist that has ever existed. If you want to be incognito, wouldn't you go to a place where nobody asks questions? <laughs> Who, who's going to ask you what you're doing at the prostitute's house? Not me. Huh? <laughs> it kind of speaks for itself. God strategically planted Rahab in the city of Jericho. She gave him a heart. She gave her a heart for the spies. She gave him a house from which they could escape. 
And she got a promise from them that they were going to come back for her. This is a smart woman. This ain't a woman who has just decided that this is all there is in life. Hello? This is where you better pray for me because I, I, I need to say this to you. Rahab had decided for whatever reason that her life had no value. That she was not either not smart enough, not equipped enough, or not good enough to do anything else but sell herself. Every single one of us have to decide what we're going to do with our sexuality. Is that clean enough? We have to decide if the law of God has called us to not be involved outside of marriage. Is that good enough? Then we have to decide, do I love God or am I going to love my flesh? Uh, it's good. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I would encourage you. I know it's difficult, but if you are in a relationship where someone has not committed themselves to you in every way, then I would think twice about how that person feels about me. Are they, are they really valuing who I am? Do they really have integrity in their own lives? Are they the person God has for me? Uh, what, that song, um, <laughs> you know I don't know this song, so, but I know this part of it. If you want it, then you ought to put a ring on it. How about that? Did I get it right? We... <laughs> We have to decide. You know what, and uh, I can hear some of you saying, but you old, Ms. Dean, you don't, you don't know what you, you know, you don't you had your turn. But look, okay, was that clean enough too? Okay. <laughs> Who pray for me? But look, I can, I can tell you of mature women, we're old, but we ain't dead. We have to make a decision as well. And if you're married, you still have a choice to make about your sexuality because flirting in the lunchroom is not God's way for you. Ready for me to go on? You know what? Prostitution was Rahab's profession, but it was not her purpose. It's not yours either. God has greater things for you a future, and a hope. Rahab's house was built on the city wall. The walls of Jericho were actually uh, two parallel walls uh, that ran one inside and one outside, a perpendicular wall inside that was probably about 15 feet or so. And so when it says her house was on the wall, her house was built between those two walls. The front of her house would have been uh, the inside wall, and the back of her house would have been the, the way the, the spies escaped. She had a roof that was able to support people and things, and she had a rope. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that's how my mind works. Somebody else had used that rope. Why would she have a rope in there? <laughs> you know, this is the house of a prostitute. And maybe somebody had to slip out that way before. You know, God is a strategist. 
He knew exactly where to send the spies. All right, okay. <laughs> we know that Rahab had a large extended family, according to the scripture. It says that she had a father and a mother and brothers with an S and sisters with an S. And Joshua chapter 6 says she had many relatives. Uh, we know that her faith came by hearing. In her profession, I'm sure client after client, if we can call them that, came to her and told her about what the Lord God was doing for the children of Israel. She told the spies herself. And when she told them, she said, our hearts are trembling because of what God is doing for you. Does anybody's heart tremble when they hear the wonderful things God is doing in your life and through your life? Somebody ought to be in awe of the power of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God. Everybody ought to hear and want what you got. That's why the Lord calls us salt and light, because we should be those people who make other people hungry and thirsty after righteousness. All right. Rahab had a plan in Joshua 2, verses 2 through 11. The spies had come across the Jordan River into the, probably the most fortified city in the promised land. And the prostitute was their only ally. It was not long before the king of Jericho discovered that, oh my God, we got spies and they're at Rahab's house. So he sent his soldiers to her house. You got two men who came. We want those men. You know what I find strange? That these are the king's men, but rather than go and break the door down, they say, send them out to us. They didn't even go look themselves. God has a hedge of protection around us. God, in his word in some, said he surrounds you with favor as with a shield. There are things you don't even know that came after you that the shield of God, the hedge of God, blocked. Some things come at you and you know that was God who took care of you. But there, I am so keenly aware that there are situations you don't even know God took care of you and he did. So even though the soldiers came to her house, God had already strategized enough so that they would not attempt to break her door down and go in and search her house. They believed her when she said, they're not here, they're gone. God is amazing. The Bible says we walk by faith, and faith is the only way that we can please God. Rahab received the spies by faith. We have to walk by faith. We walk by faith when we believe God loves us. The only way you can know that is by faith. We walk by faith when we say, Jesus saves me. We walk by faith when we say, I was once lost and now I'm fine. We walk, found, we walk by faith when we can trust God and, and nothing is going right in our life. Faith is the only thing that can, have, that can bring us hope in our lives. Only faith can bring us that. Rahab's faith caused her to put her family, her home, her livelihood into the hands of two men she had never met before. When people meet us, I hope they say that about us. You can trust what Dean says. Ooh, don't trust a word she says. Ooh, we. What would they say about you? 
She hid the spies, and she lied about their whereabouts and sent the soldiers on a wild goose chase. The scripture never addresses Rahab lying. You know what? It never addresses the fact that she was a prostitute. It never addresses the fact that Abraham was a liar or Moses was a murderer. God commends us for our faith. He does not condemn us for our failures. That is the God you and I serve. His love and his mercy and his goodness and his grace follows us all the days of our lives. And, and you know what? We can, we can say whatever we want to. God is a good God. It may not feel good right now. If things may not be lining up the way you want them to. But we serve a good God. We serve an uh, amazing God. So Rahab had gotten rid of the spies for the time being. She goes up on the roof. The scripture says before she lay down, she went up on the roof. And when the scripture talks about she went up on the roof, normally that would be a place where uh, she would work in, in some times. That's not a purpose for going up here. She went up to tell the spies, I know God has given you the land. We've heard what he's done for you and our hearts have melted. The Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Her faith had come by hearing. I don't believe faith comes by any other way. If you see it, it is not faith any longer, is it? Uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal it to her. The spirit of the living God reveals her to her who God is and what he was doing. She was not an Israelite. She was a, a, an Amorite. So she was in the kingdom where that would be destroyed. She knew Abraham, uh, 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 Joshua and the children of Israel coming back to destroy the land. But she had heard about their God, and she believed in him. Could it be that God is revealing himself to you and singling you out like he did Rahab? Rahab was singled out. Even though she had a lifestyle that was not everything a church would say it should be, God has singled her out for purpose and destiny. He had called her to himself. He, 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 did you ever believe God and believe in God before you gave your life to Jesus? I did. I used to, I loved God before I was saved. That makes sense to you? Because sometimes we know that there is a God who lives and that he makes the sun rise and, and it's the reason I have life in my body, and, but we ain't, we ain't quite ready to make that step. But the truth is, if we all say it, you know, across America, if you ask somebody, many, 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 many people are calling themselves Christians. They believe in God, but they don't want what God wants them to have. Rahab wasn't done. When we get to Joshua, the second chapter, we're going to look at a few verses there. It says, now swear to me by the Lord, that you will be kind to me and my family since I've helped you. Give me a guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all my family. We offer our lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we'll keep your promise and be kind when the Lord gives us the land." When the promises were made, Rahab helped the spies escape down 
uh, a rope through her window and told them that they should hide for three days, at least three days, so that the pursuers would not catch up with them. Before they left, though, they wanted to make sure when they came back, because they promised they would come back, they could identify Rahab. And so their instructions to her was, I want you to hang a red cord out of your window so we'll know which house to come to. As soon as they escaped, she hung a cord in the window. Why was it a scarlet cord? Red is the color of redemption. You remember when the children of Israel uh, on the last plague, when God was going to destroy the firstborn, if they put the red blood on the doorpost of their home, then the death angel would pass over. I'm thinking the Israelite spies were thinking this red is very significant for us, that it wasn't green, it wasn't blue, it wasn't purple. It was a red cord that signifies redemption. This is how you redeem your life from destruction. Isaiah, let me see if I can find my scripture. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Surely the spies had celebrated Passover before. So Rahab and her family waited. They must, uh, her family must have really trusted her. Mother, father, brothers, sisters, that's more than one and her relatives, and all she had came to Rahab's house that was built between the walls. I find that absolutely amazing, that she could convince her whole family that the Israelites are going to come and destroy Jericho, but if you come with me, you'll be safe. I don't know how much respect they have for Rahab. She didn't live with them. She lived in her own house. Uh, we don't know what their relationship was, but there was something that Rahab had, something about her life that made them trust when she said, if you come with me, your life is going to be saved. I have to ask myself, does my family trust me that much? I got some knuckleheads in my family. You, y'all got knuckleheads? That they, that they just, you know, you can tell them the sky is blue and they're going to convince you it's green. I hope they don't hear this. But it's the truth. You know what? If you, if you tell them the Lord saves, yeah, but you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I hope I didn't offend anybody. There are people who will not... In, in especially your family, who will not trust you enough even for their own lives to be, to, to be saved. How many times you witness to them and they don't want to hear it? How many times you told them that God loves them and they still are not convinced that this gospel thing is real? They want to base their decisions on science and, 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 and what ifs and, and new age and all the other things you can conjure up in your mind. But the truth is that she had enough influence in her family so that when she said, come into the house, they came into the house. And all of her family was saved. Joshua and the children of Israel did not come the next day. Rahab didn't know the plan. But you know it took three days for the spies to hide out. She and her family in her house waiting. I can imagine, check, check the red cord. Is this, did it still hanging in the window? 
Could you, could you make sure it didn't fall down? Three more days and the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. They said they were coming back. Where are they? Day one. Oh, they're here now. Wait, they're gone. All they saw was the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho one time with a horn blowing. <laughs> my family, girl, you said, I thought you said, my, my family, I know you ain't got nobody in your family like that. Girl, I thought you said they was going to come and rescue us. They done went around this wall and they gone now. Day two. Day three. This is the same stuff we... Day four, day five, day six. Now they're watching around the walls. Day seven, here they come again. Wait, they're going around again. There they go again and again. Rahab, I think you got your wires crossed somewhere. But day seven, on the seventh day around, on the seventh time rather around, the walls came tumbling down. Listen, except what? Except Rahab's house. Wow, we serve an awesome God. Whoa, we have an awesome God. There is nobody like Jehovah. There's nobody like the King of glory. All power and might is in his hand. He can make all of the walls fall down, all of the people destroyed, and one family gets saved and is the family of Rahab, a prostitute. Tell me God won't use ordinary people like us. God will use you if you allow him to. If you put your trust in him, if you put your faith in him, God has awesome things prepared for us. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of man the good things, John Miller, God has prepared for his people. Amen. Joshua chapter 6, verse 22, if you will. Meanwhile, Joshua and the two spies, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise Go to the prostitute's house that was still standing, by the way, and bring her out along with her family. The two spies went in, brought Rahab out and all her relatives, and took them into the camp. Rahab's story does not end there. We see her mentioned. Wow, I got five seconds. Okay, I'm good? Okay. <laughs> Rahab is mentioned three times in the New Testament. The first time she is mentioned is in Hebrews 11, chapter 31. It says, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. She is one of only two women who are mentioned in the roll call of faith, the other woman being Sarah. And although she is still called a prostitute, her name is alongside Sarah and Abraham and Enoch. You know what? God has no second-class citizens, no second-class children, no stepchildren, no big U's and little me's. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And so even though the world may label you, the, the people around you may think they know you, there is a plan in God's heart for your life. 
and he doesn't care who else seems to think they're greater or seems to think they're more important, there is nobody more significant to God than you are. The very hairs on your head are all numbered. God has a patent on your fingertips. So, um, my daughter told me yesterday, your toes too have, finger, have toe prints and they unique. I know that doesn't make any... But, <laughs> Isn't that amazing what God does for us individually? He knows us individually. The second place she is mentioned is in James, the second chapter, verse 25. It says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely, safely away by a different road. Rahab was justified by faith, but she was also a woman who knew that faith without works is dead. Amen. Uh, James 2.26 says that faith without works is dead. Notice that Hebrew 11 labeled her a prostitute. So does James 2.25, still labeling her a prostitute. It's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. Huh? It's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. What does God call you? An heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. His beloved possession, the apple of his eye. Fearfully and wonderfully made one. That's you and me. Amen. The third place that Rahab's name is mentioned in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begot Oded, Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. What? Rahab was Boaz's mama? <laughs> do it for me, Suzette. I can't do it like... <laughs> Tradition says that Salmon, the one that she married, was one of the two spies. That he, was one <laughs> that he was one of the two spies who not only came to her across the Jordan River, but when they came back across, he was one of the ones who went to her house and rescued her. Tell me God won't send you a man when it's your turn. I'm just going to let that drop right there and leave it, Okay. <laughs> 17 verses in the New Testament call Jesus the son of David. What? Exponentially, Rahab is Jesus' great-grandmama. Rahab! Sinking in. I want you to notice something else. When you read this, notice that it doesn't say... Rahab the prostitute anymore. You know why? It's because only a relationship with Jesus can erase the labels. That's the only way we get free of our labels. The only way. Does that mean I got four more minutes? Okay. <laughs> That's good. I'm scared. The scripture says in Ephesians 2 and 19, he no longer calls us 
strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with, with the saints and members of the household of God. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. When, when we are saved and healed and delivered and God lets his grace prevail for us, then we no longer have to wear the labels of our past. The scripture says we ought to forget those things which are behind us and continue to press uh, forward toward the goal that God has set for us. Amen. There are a lot of lessons you can learn for her life, and I'm going to go through it in these uh, three or four minutes, I promise. First lesson we can learn, first lesson that we're going to identify is God does not treat sinners like we treat sinners. Uh, Pastor Rich had us reading a book from Larry Osborne called The Accidental Pharisee. <laughs> Woo! Oh. I'm glad that Grace Point Church is a church of diversity. But you know what that means? It means more than just the color of our skin and the culture and the backgrounds and the education levels. It means where we are in our walk with Jesus, our level of spiritual maturity. There's a diversity here. Listen, Larry Osborne says this, we raise the bar higher than Jesus placed it. We pile on heavier and heavier burdens and we call it discipleship. We shut the door to the weak and the struggling and call it purifying the church. We try to keep out the very people Jesus came to reach. Jesus did not come to thin the herd, but to expand his kingdom. You know what? We have got to learn to love. I said we got to learn to love. Love is not a natural emotion when people are getting on your nerves. Love is not a natural emotion. But love is more than an emotion. Love is what you do. Love is what you've been through with somebody. Love is what you've been through with somebody. Love is what, we, what happens when we're in community. And so when you're here at Grace Point Church, I would pray that we would love each other and accept each other and honor each other and respect each other and encourage each other and build each other up and never tear each other down. Another lesson we can learn is that the lifestyle, the label of Rahab's lifestyle did not limit the level of her faith. Did that, did that make a sense? The label of her lifestyle did not limit the level of her faith. God loved Rahab and knew Rahab and her lifestyle long before her story was recorded for us. Her story shows us what God has in store when we trust him and walk by faith. The faith walk is not always an easy walk. Rahab had to see her city destroyed. She lost her home and more than likely lost her livelihood. God did not promise us it would always be easy. Matter of fact, the, world, the word says, in this world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. He has overcome them all. Job 2 and 10 says, shall I indeed accept good from the Lord and not accept adversity? Rahab trusted him and he rescued her. Her family was the only family God allowed to be rescued out of the, uh, the city of Jericho. God knows us and loves us individually. Where we are right now, and we have to walk by faith in order to believe that. This is the victory that overcomes even our faith. The third lesson is Rahab. Uh, God has a Rahab for you. Okay, let's don't get that twisted. God has a Rahab for you. What in the world do I mean by that? The, pro the spies probably did not imagine that their lives would be saved by a prostitute in a city they were going to destroy. 
Rahab's family may not have seen her as anything more than what she did to make a living, but she was instrumental in saving their lives. Rahab might not have known that Simon was going to be her husband, but he was her husband and she was in the lineage of Jesus. God has people stationed all along your life who are there to be a blessing to you. You have been stationed in someone else's life to be a blessing to them. The way we miss the blessing is they come in a package that's not acceptable to us. We have to look past our faults, my brothers and sisters. We have to let God be God in everybody's life the way we want him to be God in our lives. We have to let God deal with people in their issues and not try to be the Holy Ghost for everybody. Huh? We, we can't make anybody do anything. The only thing we can do is pray and trust God that he has a wonderful plan for their life as he has for our lives. You may be here this morning and, and maybe you had a label, not necessarily as a prostitute, but you know what your label is. I know what mine is. I want to say again, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even though you are saved, there are issues that come up every now and then, and you know what they are, that challenge you to live uh, the fullness that you know you can live for Jesus. You can take, take, take care of that right now. You can lay that at the foot of the cross and never pick it up again. God is so faithful that regardless of where you've been or what you are doing in your life, even right now, he is able to handle. He loves you with an everlasting love. There is no love anywhere like it. Maybe you've been coming to Grace Point or going to someone's church for a while, and you, and you are in the church, but you're not of the church. Because you never really prayed the prayer, if you will. You never accepted Jesus. Your grandmama told you you had to go to church every Sunday, so you showed up, and you're still doing it. There's a place for an intimate relationship in, heart, in God's heart for you. I'm going to take the liberty to do this. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask that everybody pray with me as we pray the sinner's prayer. Is that all right?